Hey guys, I'm Caitlin Adams, and welcome to the Kirk Students Podcast. We're the student ministry from the Kirk Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is where you'll hear sermons from Josh Lyle, Colin Grant, and other guest speakers. You can look in the show notes for small group questions and talking points. Make sure you subscribe and share with anyone who follows Kirk Students. If you want to know more about us or get in touch, visit us at thekirk.com or follow us on Instagram at Kirk Students. Now, let's jump in. Okay, is it on? Oh, it is on. Okay. <laughs> hey guys, um, my name is Chloe, for those of you who don't know who I am. Um, I'm really excited because today I get the privilege to come up here and share a little bit of my story and talk about the trials that I've gone through and how that has encouraged me to um, dive deeper into my faith and also encouraged me to dive into scripture and to just dive into the Lord and um, also into church. So... Oops, sorry. <laughs> the idea of the message today is going to be this idea that God doesn't leave us, but he leaves us. I think a lot of times whenever we're going through something hard or we're going through an obstacle, we feel um, that God has left us in some way. You know, I know that during the struggles that I've gone through, it's felt like I was like alone and I had no one there who was fighting for me. Um, and, you know, as you can imagine, this is really hard. But as I dove deeper into scripture after, you know, my experiencing what I did, um, I started to realize that, like, this wasn't the case, and that the whole time God was fighting for me, and that he continued to be there for me, um, and really the two things that helped me realize this was, one, um, like, feeling valid in my emotions. I think a lot of times we compare our story to someone else's, or we compare our emotions to someone else's, like, um, I know a lot of times whenever some, someone was going through something hard and I saw that and it was way worse than what I was going through or way, seemed way harder, I was like, well, you know, I have no reason to be sad because I, this person has reason to be sad. Like, I'm not going through as much as they are. And I realized over time that this wasn't the case because the emotions and the sadness or whatever I was feeling, like, it doesn't matter the situation because sadness is sadness and fear is fear. And I realized that I needed to recognize my feelings and I needed to, I needed to be okay with them. And then because I did this and once I started to think about it, I um, realized the importance of a holy community. So once I shared my story and shared everything that I had gone through, I, um, I was able to realize the support system I had around me, whether that be my friends or my family or my small group. And I was able to share kind of like what I had gone through and what I was feeling. And through that, you know, I realized that the Lord was fighting for me because I would look back at, you know, what I had experienced, and I was like, wow, even when it felt like I was alone, like, he was still there, he was still guiding me, and, um, you know, not only through that can people see um, God working in with my, within my story, but I feel like they'll also kind of be encouraged to, um, you know, see how it's, our, my relationship is with God, and how, you know, he's worked through my story, and then um, from there, you know, as a group and as a collective whole rather than just individuals, we can glorify God. So a little bit about my story first. Um, the first major event in my life that I think I recognized was um, whenever my parents got divorced and I was 10. Um, before this, um, I had a really good relationship with my mom. She poured so much love into us, and she was involved in every single thing that we did. And I just remember her always being around. And, you know, while my dad was physically there, I didn't feel like, you know, he didn't really want to have that kind of connection that my mom had with me. And he just, um, you know, didn't pour as much love. And I, it didn't really seem like he wanted to have any kind of connection with me, really. 
And so when my parents did get divorced, um, and I, you know, had to live half the time with my mom and half the time with my dad, when I was with my mom, you know, I felt a sense of security and, you know, this sense of safety, and I, I, I felt like I was at home, like that same, like, sensation, you know. And when I was with my dad, it, it, I was missing that. I, it felt like I was going to live with a stranger. And, you know, the best, um, the best example I can give of this is, you know, whenever you're, you just, you're at a friend's house for the first time and, you know, you're, you are introducing yourself to their parents and, like, you have no clue who they are and they have no clue who you are, but they're, like, feeding you and they're basically, like, keeping you alive for the night and you have, like, no clue who they are. And so... <laughs> It's like this awkward, like, hey, like, I'm Chloe, like, thanks for letting me survive. Um, and so, um, like, this awkwardness that you feel with them, it's the same awkwardness I felt when I was with my dad. You know, I, it, it just was, and I, it, I didn't have that friend to cling to, you know, like, whenever I would meet parents for the first time, I, like, felt the sense of safety next to a friend, and, you know, while I had my brother, it wasn't the same kind of relationship. And, um... It wasn't like I didn't, sorry, Kyle, but I, I, I didn't really feel like I had someone to piggyback, piggyback off of. Um, and so um, whenever I went to live with my dad, this was already hard enough, but my dad had been dealing with um, substance abuse and alcoholism um, my whole life. And when my parents got divorced, this, you know, it relapsed and he started getting really into it again. And, um, you know, these feelings that he had built up because of the, the, the divorce and, um, you know, no longer having my mom to rehash this, like, anger and emotion onto, you know, I became that person. And um, so, um, you know, because of the alcohol, it not only, like, accelerated it, but it also, his actions towards me became um, emotionally and like mentally abusive. And from 10 to 16, for those past six years, I had to keep everything that I was going through a secret. You know, I, I he told me like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't talk to anyone, like let's keep it between us. And so for the six years, you know, I, I let him, I let him continue to manipulate me and control me and which was not okay, but I was naive at the time and I, I, I didn't recognize what he was doing as abuse, and so I just let it happen. And um, because of this, I started realizing down later down the line that I had three, you know, really pressing feelings, really negative feelings. Um, when I was at my lowest, I realized that, you know, I felt so unlovable. I felt that because, you know, my dad couldn't show me the same type of love that, it's, that his, a father should show his daughter, that that meant that no one else could show me that. And that no one else could love me because my own dad couldn't do the same. And, you know, I felt like I wasn't worthy of this love. And so that's the next thing was I felt, you know, really um, unworthy and not good enough. Like, you know, my own dad couldn't see me as good enough because his needs were more important than my needs. And his interests were more important than mine. So that meant that, like, no one else would, you know, take my interests or my, you know, um, feelings into account. And so I felt really unworthy. And then I think the biggest thing was because, you know, for this however many years, I had to keep everything a secret, I felt so alone. You know, I felt that um, no one else was going, would understand what I was going through, and no one else um, would, 
would understand, and I was, I was just alone in this feeling, and I felt like God had left me, and I was, like, fighting on my own by myself. But then, um, you know, two years ago, I was able to be vulnerable, and I was able to get the courage to share my story and to share what I'd gone through for this six-year period. And when I did that, I, I realized who I had around me, and I realized that I had a strong community around me of people who loved me and that I was worthy and that, you know, I was, I was lovable and that God had fought for me the whole way through, and I couldn't see it during the time, but I could see it after how my suffering had a greater purpose than what I thought. And so um, in this two-year period, I started to dive more into scripture, and one story that I was really pulled to was the story of Exodus. And I think this is a story I grew up hearing a lot in Sunday school, and, um, you know, I had heard it all the time. But whenever I read it again, I had a new understanding of it because it was so, so plainly written, and so it was just like a testimony to God's love to us. And he, you know, he says, like, within it, like, it's, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's just like so, it's like here, like, I love you, I'm fighting for you. And so when I read it, I had a new understanding. Um, so a little backstory. Um, at the time, you know, you have the Israelites and the Egyptians. And, um, you know, the Israelites were growing in numbers, and the Egyptians were fearing that they were going to lose their power over them. And so what they did was they enslaved them and they oppressed them. And, you know, they're like, we can't, we can't have them, like, growing or else they're going to become more powerful than we are. And so, um, you know, as this was happening and they continued to be enslaved and oppressed, um, you know, God reaches out to Moses in, in the form of the burning bush and he's like, you know, like, you are going to lead these people out. And he's like, well, I can't do that. Like, I, he doubts God the whole time and he's like, I don't have, like, I, I can't speak that I can't, I can't do anything. Like, what am I supposed to do? And God's like, no, like, trust me, I will speak for you, and I will speak through you. And so after many plagues and many attempts, like, um, you know, he finally gets to lead the people out. And as he's leading them through this journey, he says that in Exodus 13, 22, 22, he says, neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Here, you know, God is continuing to take form in many different things because no matter the circumstances, he's going to continue to lead them. You know, at night, he wasn't going to let any obstacle or any, any like, type of suffering, like, stop them from getting to their freedom and continuing down that path. And so, you know, but as humans do, we, they continue down this journey and they, they turn to Moses and you know, they've lost their faith, and they, they're beginning to doubt, and they're like, I, you know, I, um, I, like, we're just, we're going to die out here, like, we're, we're just left out here to starve and to die, like, we'd rather be oppressed by the Egyptians, because then we get, to, at least then we get to live, and they're losing some of their faith, and they're beginning to doubt the journey that was set out before them, and Moses says in Exodus 14, 14, he says that the Lord will continue to fight for you, and all you have to do is be silent. You know, like I said, the Israelites were continuing to lose their faith. They were doubting him, and they, they, weren't, they weren't praising him and asking for his help. 
but the whole time, the Lord continued to fight for them. He continued to show them that he was guiding them and that he was one step in front of them. And I think often at times, because God might not be right next to us, we feel like he's left us, but really he's always one step ahead of us. And he always, he, he knows what our suffering will be and he knows um, like how to comfort us at the end of that and that he's always going to guide us. And so I think a lot of times, you know, we feel, whether, whether we feel alone or, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, we, we tend to feel sometimes a separation between us and God and like he's not fighting for us or like he's not there for us. But we, we've got to realize that this, this isn't the case. Because here in this, in this story, he shows them that even when the people were doubting him and even when they had lost faith and they didn't want to continue on this journey, God continued to, to show them that, you know, he was going to fight for them and that there was this path and that he was going to bring them comfort at the end of it and that he was going to get them to their freedom. And so at the end, even though they're doubting and even though, you know, they're not really praising him, you know, God, he, he parts the Red Sea for them. At that moment, they are separated from the Egyptians, and they're able to go live their life free in these lands that God had set out for them. He continued to fight for them the whole way through, even when at times they didn't believe it. But, um, you know, this, this isn't the only example of this in the Bible. We see this, we see this throughout that God is going to continue to fight for us just like he did for the Israelites. So um, I am quite an impatient person. Um, I like to have quick answers and quick fixes. And so um, this is not that good, but usually when I go to open my Bible to try to, like, to find um, an answer to whatever I'm feeling or to whatever I'm going through, I, I can't really find it. I can't really find it that quickly, and so I get frustrated. But um, what I also do is I go and I look up, you know, Bible verses for feeling, like, alone or Bible verses for feeling like I'm not good enough. And when I started to do that over and over again when I was preparing for this, I, I realized that every single time I would, you know, type in Bible verses for whatever it was I needed a Bible verse for, um, I realized that the first link that would always pop up was 50 plus Bible verses and 100 plus Bible verses for whatever it was. And in that, I realized that every single thing and every single thing that I, I needed help with and I needed to see God, he told me there was 50 plus times or 100 plus times that he loved me and that I was good enough and that I was worthy and that he was going to continue to fight me. The first one was, I, and when I did 10, he says, so do, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Here, God is showing us that he's going to continue to lift us up. Even in these times of suffering, we're not alone, and he's going to continue to fight for us. And I know I keep reiterating that, but it's so, I, I want that to stick, that God will continue to fight for us, and that he will hold us up even in our times of suffering, and even when it doesn't feel like he will. And then in 1 Peter 5.10, he says, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And, you know, I, I hate to break it to you, but you're going to suffer in this world because the world is a sinful one. And that is inevitable. And there are going to be times where you are suffering. But, you know, 
when you're suffering and after you suffer and once you call on his name, he's going to comfort you. And even when you don't, like you said, even whenever you're silent, he's going to continue to fight for you. And once we, you know, through the suffering, he's going to restore us and make us stronger. And then we can bring glory to his name because we've seen what he's what he's done after we've walked out of it. And then he says um, in Psalm 147.3, he says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. God is there to lead you. He's not going to leave you. And through this suffering that you're going through and through this pain and through this obstacle or whatever it is going to be for you, at the end of the day, he's going to comfort you. And he wants to be there to comfort you. He wants to heal you. Your suffering has a greater purpose than what you even know. You need something greater that's beyond yourself and your suffering to get you through that and to heal you, and that's God. And he will continue to fight for you. He will continue to be there for you. He will continue to comfort you, even in those times. And he says this all the way up until the end in Revelation 21.4. He says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed. And even until the end, when sin isn't something that's part of our world and we're going to this, this beautiful place where, you know, everything is right, even before this and before we enter into this, we will be healed and we'll be restored and established. And even whenever we're still going through the suffering or we're still mourning, God will comfort you and he'll wipe every single tear from your eye and he'll be there for you because, you know, ultimately we're not alone. God has this, this longing to have a connection with us. You know, he wants, he wants to have this with us. We have to let him. In our suffering, when we call upon his name, we realize that, you know, our, that we can be healed. And that our suffering, while, you know, hard for a little while, you know, like I said, has a greater purpose than what we even know. Because through this suffering, we can look back and see how the things that we've done, you know, and how the things that we've gone through have been to really make us stronger. And I know, like, in my story, whenever, you know, I felt like I, I didn't understand why I was going through what I was going through, I, you know, I think every family is hard and goes through their own things in private, but I would look all my, like, at my friends and I'd be like, well, you know, they're not going through this, like, why do I have to go through it? But I realized afterwards and stepping out of it and getting out of the situation and getting the strength to get out of it, I realized that, you know, I looked back and I was like, okay, you know, my story and these negative emotions that I don't want to feel had, had an impact on me. And I was able to see how because of those feelings, I've gotten stronger coming out of it. And when I called on God and whenever I dove into scripture after what I'd gone through, you know, I, I realized that um, God was truly fighting for me the whole time and coming out of it. I truly was stronger. Um, and kind of like I talked about earlier, I think a lot of times I didn't believe that God was fighting for me, and I, I truly believed that he had left me. Um, but I realized that when I started to validate my emotions and um, – I started to let myself feel them, but I didn't, I didn't dwell in them, but I let myself feel them. I realized that these little feelings that were so negative had, had a purpose. So, you know, what I mean by emotional validity is I mean 
that, like I said earlier, when you start to compare your stories and start to compare your emotions, it's, you're not, you're not validating, you're not letting yourself feel these feelings, you're pushing them aside. And when you do that, um, you're not seeing what those negative feelings are doing for you. You're not seeing that whenever you have these feelings, like there's a chance for you to get out of them and there's a chance for you to grow for them so that next time they pop up, you can learn from them. Um, and um, as I was reading this article, because I was looking up, you know, Bible verses about emotional validity, you know, the author of this article was talking about how it's okay to feel these negative feelings and it's okay to get into this place, but that you can't stay there. You know, you can't dwell in them. She says, and I, one thing she really says that I liked was, God gives us the gift of other believers who can share our burdens and whose burdens we share. We have these negative emotions so that we fall into people, so that we fall into God and that we fall into, this is what grows us and this is what grows our connection with people and with God. And um, by recognizing these emotions, then we're able to heal from them. And we're able to realize, you know, that we have a support system of people around us who, who want to be there for us. And we have, we even, like, we have God who's longing to be there for us. And so once you can, you know, validate your emotions, and once you can allow yourself to feel these negative feelings, um, you can share them. Because that's what they're there for ultimately is to be able to share them and to be vulnerable with people. Because like I said earlier, whenever you create this community of people around you and you share these feelings that you have, not only do you realize, you know, you, the support system that you have around you and how many people love you, you know, once you create this holy community, they're going to encourage you to, to read your Bible and to, to realize that God truly does love you. And when you do this, and when you create this community of people around you, they can see through your own story, you know, how God is working through you. And hopefully, they'll be encouraged to look into their own story. Um, so, um, one thing I want to challenge you guys with is um, when you start to feel alone and when you start to believe the lies that are being said to you, said to you, you know, ask yourself, like, why... Why am I feeling these when throughout the Bible, God continues to tell me and continues to press that he's going to be there for me and that he's going to continue to fight for me and that he's not going to leave me. And when I thought about this, I realized that there's three steps that I can do um, to start to believe that God's fighting for me. And the first step is to recognize it, to recognize, you know, your feelings, to understand where they're coming from, to understand what's triggering these emotions that you're feeling to understand what situations you're putting not that you've been put in that um, you know make you believe the lies that God's not there for you and that he's left you and once you recognize it I want you to pray about it I want you to pray and to you know confess these feelings that you're having to God and um, when you do this not only are you you're asking for help, but you're ultimately long. It shows him that you're longing for this connection with him. And then once you pray about it, I encourage you because I know it's not easy, but I encourage you to talk about it and to open up. And I encourage you to do this because um, when you're vulnerable with yourself and when you're vulnerable with the people around you, 
and you're vulnerable with God, you know, you're going to grow in intimacy with all of these people. You know, you're going to be able to further this connection with the Lord and also um, further your connection with the people around you. And I know that's hard because oftentimes it feels like you're a burden to someone else or by telling your problems to someone else that you're burdening them in some way. But truthfully, you know, if, if we were made to do this alone, there wouldn't be 7 billion of us on this earth. Like, there would only be a few of us. If we were supposed to be doing this alone, like, we, we, wouldn't, like, we wouldn't be giving these sufferings because ultimately, like, we, 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 would, we wouldn't be able to handle them. But that's not the case. That's why we have people around us. That's why we have God. That's why, that's why prayer is so important. And I think once you do this, you know, you'll find that you're not, you're not so alone. And that whatever you're going through has a purpose. And that even in your suffering, whenever it feels like you're alone or whenever it feels like you're going through all these negative things, you know, your suffering builds you. Your suffering brings you closer to God, as weird as that sounds. But, um, you know, I've realized throughout my own story how, you know, I've applied this is, Whenever I was going through um, having these feelings of unworthiness and unlovableness, I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm going to make it a word. Um, and then, um, like, loneliness, once I started to recognize these feelings, you know, I started to think about, okay, well, what situations are triggering these feelings? And when I did this, I, I, I began to pray about it. And I was like, okay, like, help me, give me the strength to not believe these lies that I'm being fed. Give me strength to see the people around me who care about me and who think I'm worthy and who think I'm lovable. But not only that, but starting to believe it for myself, like knowing that I'm worthy and having no one else having to tell me that. And, you know, once I prayed about it, I, I got the strength to be open about it. I shared my testimony uh, back when we were doing the Costa Rica mission trip, and that was really hard. But coming out of it, I realized the support system I had because of the response I got from it. You know, I had a bunch of people come up to me and, uh, and you know, being telling me that I had outlived strength and sharing my story and encouraging me that, you know, the things that I went through didn't define who I was and didn't, like, it, it, because of what I'd gone through, like, I, I was worthy on my own and the feelings of someone who couldn't see their own worthiness, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I'm not. And so through that, you know, I, tr I truly learned that God hadn't left me, but instead he was leading me down this path. So I, I really encourage you guys to do the same because when you do this, it's so important to feel like you're not alone because loneliness can really drive you into a place that is, is not beneficial at all. Um, and so, like I said, once we do this, we'll, I think we'll truly see that, you know, God is not leading us, but, or not leaving us, <laughs> he's leading us, um, and so, yeah, um, let's pray.